Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to our service this morning. First song will be Wonderful, Merciful Savior. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men, counselor, comforter, keeper. Spirit, we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost our way. Oh, we've hopelessly lost our way. And you are the one that we pray. You are the one we adore. Welcome to, to, to you to our services today. You are honored guests, and we invite you to worship with us often, whether in person or via live stream. Please fill out an attendance card and place in the collection plate so we may have a record of your attendance. Times of our services are 9.30, Bible study, 10.30, Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m., Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m., Wednesday evening Bible study. The young men will be conducting the evening services tonight, followed by a fellowship meal. Please see Tom Payne if you wish to participate in the service. The next Youth and Senior Supper will be February the 8th. A sign-up sheet is on the Youth Bulletin Board for those wanting to help with the food. If you have any questions, please see Amanda Ogg. Also, there's, going to be, there's a sign-up sheet for the Ladies' Devos as well. There's a sign-up sheet for coordinators needed for the Youth and Senior Suppers on the Youth Bulletin Board. Also, the Picking and Ribs fundraiser for Lylewood Christian Camp is Saturday, March the 4th at 6 p.m. at Trenton Crossings Church of Christ. There is a flyer on the bulletin board with more information. For tickets, see Noah Eastland or Dale Murphy, or Dale, Dale Murray, sorry. A men's prayer breakfast will be Saturday, February the 11th at 8.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Please sign up on the sheet in the foyer if you plan to attend. The Sweethearts Banquet will also be on Saturday, February the 11th at 6 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Please sign up on the sheet in the foyer if you plan to attend. We need someone to coordinate the Youth and Senior Suppers scheduled for February the 8th as well. I have a thank you card. I wanted to reach out to you and other members of the church. Thank you so much for all the prayers and sweet cards. They really mean a lot to me, have helped me through this journey of my life with cancer. 
God is so good, he has me in his hands with all the prayers I know I will be okay. Sincerely, Mary Jo Bridges. If there are no other announcements. The reading this morning will come from James chapter 5, verses 7 through 9. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it, until it gets the early and late rains. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. Psalm 4, open to prayer, be number 223. 223. Swiftly we're turning, life's daily pages. Swiftly the hours are changing to years. How are we using God's golden Shall we reap glory? Shall we reap tears? Into our hands the gospel is given. Into our hands is given the light. Please let us carry God's precious message. Guiding the airing back to the right. Millions are groping without the gospel. Quickly they'll reach eternity's night. Shall we sit idly as they rush onward? Let us hold up Christ the true light. Into our hands the gospel is given. Into our hands is given the light. Let us carry God's precious message. Guiding the airing back to the right. Souls that are precious, souls that are dying, while we rejoice, our sins are forgiven. Did he not also die for these lost ones? Then let us point the way unto heaven. Into our hands the gospel is given. Into our hands is given the light. Haste, let us carry God's precious message. Guiding the airing back to the right. Will you bow me, please? Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this. Another beautiful Lord's Day you bless us with. Thank you for each and every blessing you bestow upon each of us as individuals, but also Churchill Strousville. Pray your continued blessings upon our elders as they lead us here, as they shepherd the flock and care for our souls. And I'm so thankful for each one of them and their families as they lead us here. And pray that you'll please continue to be with the deacons and their families and the various ministries that are taking place. Please be with Brother Tom and Miss Meg and each and every member and help us all to 
work in unity to to spread your word throughout this community and throughout the world. We might seek and save the lost and let others know that that you're God and that you are a creator, that you died for each one of us. And help us to never be ashamed of the gospel. And help us to always be willing to share your good news with others. We're thankful, Father, for progress for some of our sick, those who have been absent recently and been able to recover. We have a long list of folks who still are in need of our prayers, those who are facing tests, procedures, surgeries. Please uh, bless each and every one of them. Please be with the doctors and nurses who are attending to their needs. And things be done that they too can be back in their normal place of life and be back and worship with us once again. Pray, Father, for all those who are bowed down in sorrow or lost loved ones. Please comfort and strengthen them is all you can do. Father, we ask you, please be with Brother Tom this morning as he brings a message. Please give him a recollection of the things he is prepared to speak upon. Please be with us as listeners that we will concentrate upon you and what your will is for us. Help us to apply the things we learn here today in our everyday walks of life. Father, we ask you be with our communion services we're about to partake in. Please uh, help us to keep our eyes focused upon you, not only today, but each and every day of our lives, that we might be the shining light you'd have us be. Father, we ask you to just continue go with us through this service and on down through the future walks of life. In the end, if we found faithful, please give us heaven home, home in heaven with thee. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. To prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 150. We'll sing the first, second, and last verses. 150. We saw thee not when thou didst come. To this poor world of sin and death, nor yet beheld thy cottage home, and that despised Nazareth. But we believe thy footsteps trod in streets and plains, thou Son of God. But we In streets and plains, thou Son of God. We saw thee not when lifted high Amid that wild and savage crew Nor heard we that imploring cry Forgive they know not what they do but we believe the deed was done that shook the earth and felt the sun. But we believe the deed was done that shook the earth and felt the sun. We walk not with the chosen few. Who sold thee from the earth of sin? Who raised to heaven their wandering view? Then low to earth, all prostrate men. But we believe that human eyes beheld that journey to the skies. But we believe that human eyes beheld that journey to the sky.
As we prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we were instructed by our Lord and Savior that how that we should do this, how we should clear our minds, how that we should open our hearts to the love that was given for us on the death, burial, and resurrection. But I've always tried to think one step ahead and or one step backwards maybe uh, of how this Lord's Supper was established with the Last Supper. And I would like to read from Mark 14, verses 22 through 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and we had given thanks. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, assuredly I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That night at the Last Supper of Passover, of course, Jesus knew what was fixing to happen for the fruition of the plan of salvation for each and every one of us. And I've often wondered, the disciples did not know. I'm sure what started off as a normal meal and, and a celebration of the Passover it turned very quickly as the meal went on when Jesus informed them that one of you will betray me before the night is over. And, but this had to happen. And so let's clear our minds and open our hearts as we continue what Jesus established for us on that night. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you created this communion for us that we can turn our minds back to the cross and celebrate the hope of having eternal life with you in heaven. Father, we ask now that you bless this bread. May we partake of it in a way which is well-pleasing to thee, for it's in Christ's name. Amen. Let's pray. Like man of heaven, the Father, we're so thankful for the sacrifice that you've made for us. And we ask now as we take this cup 
that we drink of it and do it in a way which is well-pleasing in thy sight. For it's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, this has been time that's been set aside for us to give of our means back to the Lord's work that goes on here at Stroudsville. Let us pray. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you have created us that we can earn a living and support our families. And Father, we pray now that we give a portion of what we've earned back to thee. And may the elders use it in, in good faith as to what this money should go to. We ask all these prayers in Christ's name. Amen. I'd like to mark your song books or song invitation after the lesson will be number 581. 581. For the lesson that stand and sing number 546. Troublesome times are here, feelings miss hearts with fear, freedom we all hold dear. 
Good morning. Make sure my mic's turned on. Make sure y'all can hear me all right. We're so excited to have you today. I was just standing right there at the beginning of our education wing as we were dismissing for Bible class, and I saw these little people going by, some in arms, some walking. I thought, wow, God has blessed us. We built this education wing for children, and God's filling it up. Isn't that great? What a blessing. I want to remind each of you as we begin our lesson today that tonight at 5 we'll be having a young men's service, so come back. Make every effort to come back and encourage these young men. Uh, I can tell you from experience it's kind of hard to get up here and present in front of people. It's, it's a little bit unnerving and, and scary, but they do it, and I want to encourage them and encourage you to support them in learning to become young leaders. Both men and women who are growing up in the church are... That is our future, so we're thankful for them, thankful for the moms and dads who helped them prepare. We're going to be studying from Joshua tonight and looking at Joshua as a leader and a man of character and God's command to him to be strong and courageous. So excited about that and hope you'll come back and, and hear a lesson. I know today for sure we have uh, Ricky and, and Becca's Lacombe's little one. Uh, baby Carter. So welcome, Baby Carter, our newest member. I see him over there in Mama's arms. I don't think Tyler and Madison's little one is here, Josephine, but uh, we are thankful to be growing and having babies, and God is blessing us. So praise God. We're talking about God's great nature at Lesson Series. I, I really kind of hate to see this winding down. I've really enjoyed it. But today is a fun topic, uh, but it's also a difficult topic in that I could, I could bring the topic that we're going to study today for weeks and weeks. There's just so, that, so much involved. We start off from Exodus 15 when, when Moses writes his song about the Lord allowing them to cross through the Red Sea. But what you're going to notice today is I've added a couple of verses because it, it segues into our lesson. Who like, is like you, 
O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Well, the answer to that question rhetorically is, there's no one like God. But let's continue on in verse 12 and 13. The next slide tells us, This God who is so wonderful and awesome, who stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. We know that was the Egyptian uh, charioteers, the elite 600, plus all the other chariots were all drowned in the Red Sea. But verse 13, I want you to pay, pay attention to because this is our topic today. You, Lord, you have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. So our lesson topic today, this nature of God, is love. God is love. I, I, I don't know how to really say this effectively, but sometimes I'll think about, I'm sure as we all do, where did God come from? How long has he been? And who made God? And all these kind of questions my little brain thinks of. But this one conclusion I've come to that I can't answer definitively, isn't it a blessing? Isn't it wonderful that his nature is a nature of love? An all-powerful being and an entity shows perfect love to us instead of being perfectly evil or hate-filled or meaning um, malicious things toward his creation. God loves us. And so I guess I'm overstating the obvious, but never forget to be thankful that God's basic nature is one of love. And he shows it perfectly to us through creating us. I want you to turn, if you have your... Um, Songbook, you can turn to page 40, or I think we're going to have it up on the screen here, but I thought it'd be a good way to start our lesson to sing, Come Let Us All Unite to Sing. Now, I want you to pay attention to two things um, that in each part of the song, we answer, what do we sing? Why are we here to sing? We're here to sing that God is love. Now, I think it's interesting if you have your book open, your songbook, that the text reference on the right side of the page at the top is 1 John 4, 7 through 8. In just a moment, we're going to turn to that text as we talk about God's great nature. So let's sing this song together. Number 40, Come Let Us All Unite to Sing. I'm going to get the pitch here. Mm. Come, let us all unite to sing, God is love. Let heaven and earth their praises bring, God is love. Let every soul from sin awake, each in his heart sweet music make. And sing with us for Jesus' sake that God is love. God is love, God is love. Come, let us all unite to sing that God is love. Oh, tell to earth's remotest bound, God is love. In Christ we have redemption found, God is love. His blood has washed our sins away. His Spirit turned our night to day. And now we can rejoice to say that God is love. God is love. God is love. Come, let us all unite to sing that God is love. How happy is our portion here. God is love. His promises our spirits cheer. God is love. He is our sun and shield by day. Our help, our hope, our strength and stay. He will be with us all the way. Our God is love. God is love. God is love. Come, 
let us all unite to sing that God is love. Amen. God is love. Turn to 1 John 4, 7 through 8. I want to talk about God and His love today, and, and I hope you'll engage your mind and, and follow along with us on our points. But first I wanted to mention that the love that comes from God, it, it's, his, it's His very essence. It's who He is, what He is, and why He is. It is when you think of God, He's love, perfect love in every way, and His love is perfect and his love is pure. So today, very simply, I want to just present three points to you in the form of questions to help us learn about God's love and be reminded of God's love to us. Number one is, so if you want to experience God's love and you think you see it or understand it, how, how do you really know this love that you're experiencing or seeing or trying to give is God's love in its purest form? How will you no. So that's the first question we're going to ask. Second, well, how is God's love expressed toward us? And then how do we express love toward others? And so two is how does he express it toward us? Number three, how do we in turn show it toward others? And so that's simply our lesson today in three points. Now, you've probably heard this before, but in the next slide, I just present four definitions of love. Actually, if you go and research the Greeks and their language, they had up to eight different words that define different types of love, four more or more primarily used or common. Storge was a love that is a parent has for a child. I see these mothers holding their little babies in that strong bond. It could also be a, a love for your country. I think of veterans who during the national anthem stand and they hold their hand to their heart, they take off their hat, and maybe a tear comes down their eye when they think about their country and what's been given in sacrifice because they love their country so much. It's a strong love. Then you have phileo or phileia, brotherly love. You probably heard the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Eros, I'll just put it this way. It's the kissing kind of love, right? We're going to leave it at that, but you get the idea. Uh, if you've been out on a date, you probably felt eros, right? And that's okay. God made that love. It's, it's nothing wrong with it when it's used in the context of what God intended it. Certainly, uh, husbands, just a little note for you. Valentine's Day is coming up. Don't give your card to your wife on one day a year that says, I love you, and let that be it, right? Nod your heads, guy. I get it. I get that. You show her that you love her all the year long. Find out what her love language is. Speak her language. Do whatever she loves. Cook for her. Make the bed. Wash clothes. Say, honey, one of these days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, clean the whole house for you and cook supper. And it's going to be next Wednesday. And then after she faints and you pick her up and revive her, you say, no, I really mean it because I love you. And she said, oh, oh, that meant more than roses. All right. So agape, that's our fourth, in, and that is God's unconditional love, his highest form of love, agape. That's the kind of love that I want to focus on today. For those of you that are readers or C.S. Lewis fans, here's a book written by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves, where he talks about these very same four. He calls it affection, friendship, eros, and charity, charity being the agape love. So just a note, if you're taking notes today, that you might want to... Uh, Check out that book by C.S. Lewis. So number one today, our question in our outline is, how do you know if the love you're observing or trying to show or, or you see, is that the highest form? And is it from God? In other words, what is the ultimate goal for us in the church in understanding this God of love? And how do we know this is from God and, and it's his love? So in 1 John 4, by the way, John in his epistles loves to talk about Love. It's in quite a bit of his epistles. But we're going to focus on 1 John 4, which was the key text given to our song that we just sang, God is love, come let us all unite to sing, God is love. In 1 John 4, verse 7, John writes to us, Beloved, this is the church, these are brethren, just like us, 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse 7, because he, he mentions two things. Whoever loves, that is, whoever shows this kind of love that God shows us, whoever loves has been born of God. So number one, if you're taking notes today, say, if I want to show the kind of love God shows, if I want to truly understand it and grasp it, I've got to be born again. I can't be this person in a body of flesh and one that craves carnal things and, and uh, in, is involved in erotic things and, and sinful desires. I want to be the person who shows the purest form of love, so that requires being born again. That's what it means to be born of God. When we're baptized into Christ and we go through the symbolic death, burial, and resurrection, we're now being transformed into a spiritual being who wants to love like God. Now, let me clarify something. If you're married, ladies, if you're married men, showing erotic love towards your husband or wife is, is certainly biblical and good. It's wonderful. God created it. But let's make sure that we show it in the confines of marriage as God created it, not something that is carnal or sinful. Secondly, it says that whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. You have to continue growing and maturing in your relationship with the Lord. You can't just become a Christian and stop reading and growing and learning and seeking out His nature. You have to become like God. You have to know intimately who God is, why He does certain things. Uh, verse 8 Anyone who does not love, you don't know God. You see, that is God. God is love. So if you're going to be a Christian, you have to have the love of God in you. You have to express the love of God to others. Otherwise, you haven't been born of God and you don't know God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Why? Just like we sang, because God is love. Short and simple. That's his nature. It's who he is. So how do you know the true love that God wants us to know and understand and show? You have to be born of God and you have to know God. There has to be that intimacy in a relationship. First and foremost, when we say goodbye to the old man of flesh and say Lord, I'm going to follow you as a new spiritual being, a creation who now loves like you love. 1 John 4, 7 through 8. F.F. Bruce, who has written a book called The Epistles of John, he says that basically uh, God's love can be seen in us when, and here's a quote, he says, we have a consuming passion for the well-being of others, and this love has its wellspring in God. Let me talk about that. First of all, if you are born of God and you now show God's love, you experience His love and show it to others, then you have a consuming passion. You can't walk by someone who's in need and ignore them. A brother or sister in the church who's hurting, who's asked for help financially or, or has a particular struggle or maybe a, a type of spiritual crisis in their life, you feel compelled to pick up the phone or write a note or go by and visit them because that is God's love. You have to do something. God's love compels you to do it. This love has its wellspring, he says, in God. What is a wellspring? It's that little stream of water that's cool and refreshing, and it gives us life. That wellspring of love comes from God. He is the source. When we comprehend, when we understand God's love, then we are able to feel it and demonstrate it, which leads us to our second point. Point number two today is the question, well, how is this love that God gives us, how is it expressed? How do I show it? How do we know it when we see it? Well, I want to talk about that, and it's a pretty simple concept. Now, let's pretend that back in the, in the days of early Israel, when, when Jesus in the first century had already died, 
We, we pick up a newspaper, right? The, uh, the Daily News in Israel. And let's say the headline happens to say, King over nation of Israel dies. Well, that's an attention getter. The king over the whole nation, Israel. Witnesses state he gave his own life to bless his subjects. What? This king died for everyone that served him? Yes, he died. And he gave his own life to bless his subjects. He paid all of our debts. Witnesses say, can there be a greater love? The answer is no. Well, you see, this is a fictitious headline, obviously. But we know as Christians, that it was Jesus Christ who came, the creator of the world. He had all power. He had angelic choruses singing his praise and blessing him. He left the perfection of heaven and came to serve us. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, who was over the nation of Israel. Unfortunately, many, when he came, rejected him. They said he was a fraud, a fake, this Jesus, he's committing blasphemy. He claims to be from God. Well, he spoke the truth. He was from God. He was the creator of the universe. And so he came and he gave his own life. That was the plan all along, even before we were made. Back when the Godhead spoke of the creation of mankind, they had already come up with a plan of redemption where Jesus, the Son, God in the flesh, would come and give his life for us. He paid our debt. Now, this is not a debt of financial obligation, but it's a debt that basically is our death penalty for sin, a debt that we should have all paid. We sing the song, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. You see, if I paid my, my penalty of sin, my debt penalty, it would resolve in, result in my death. But Jesus paid it for me. That's a that a king over, a, over an entire universe, a king over the people of Israel, would come down here, walk on earth, and give himself. In the next slide, I basically talk about how stunning that would be for an earthly king. Have you ever heard of an earthly king who did anything like that for his subjects? Amazing. I've not heard of an earthly king who gave his life for his subjects because he's the king. He's the supreme creator of all power. He surrendered all of that power to walk on this earth. He became a man bound in the body of flesh. He did it voluntarily. He wasn't made to do it. He subjected himself to the will of the Father and showed perfect humility. He submitted and subjected himself to the worst death that the Romans had invented. Now, church, let me just stop and tell you. That is love. If you're not sure about love, that, what Jesus did for us on the cross, that's love. So now if you're still open to 1 John 4, drop down to verse 9. We're going to continue reading. 1 John 4, 9. This dovetails right into what we're talking about. The king of the universe who came and gave himself. Let's read together. In this, the love of God was made manifest, made known to us. It presented itself this way. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a big word. Basically just means the debt has been paid. The price has been paid. It's like a ransom. It's like we've been held ransom. And he paid the ransom penalty for us. He paid it all. How? Through his own life. He died on the cross. He poured out his blood. And the Father accepted the death penalty and the blood of Jesus as full payment for our sin. That's incredible. Now let's turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 5. I'll give you just a minute to turn there. How do we see the love of God expressed in our life? Romans 5, let's look at verse 6 and 8. It talks about the timing of Jesus coming and dying for mankind. Paul writes to the church at Rome, 
While we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. One will scarcely die for a righteous person, through, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And basically, verse 9 goes on and says that uh, we have been justified by his blood. We'll be saved by him from the wrath of God. In other words, what I'm trying to say today is if you truly comprehend the love of God, that love is shown to us perfectly when he sent Jesus to die for you and to die for me. He poured out his blood and that offer of salvation is free. He says, accept the salvation. Obey the death, burial, and resurrection through water baptism and I will save you. I will wipe away your sins. It's free, but... It'll cost you everything. You'll give it up all for me because I'm asking you now to give yourself up and be a servant to others. Which leads me to now the third question. In the remaining time that we have, how can we show love the same way? Now that we've been immersed into Christ, now that we've accepted His free gift of salvation and understand His love, how do we show that same love to others. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to be reading verse 16 and 18. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us. This is important. And we, here's where we fit in, we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? The answer to that is, it does not. You see, if you're truly a child of God, then your heart is open with compassion toward those who have needs. Little children, verse 18, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So, to answer the question, we understand that we must give of ourselves sacrificially just as Jesus gave his life for us. And that is agape love. Now, in John 3.16, a passage familiar to all of us, and you'll notice that I have John 3.16 1 John and then John 3.16. So make a note in your notes today that that's a good passage to remember. It's a, it's a twin passage about God's love. Uh, probably one of the most quoted passages in the Bible. John 3.16. I'm going to read 16 and 17 just to remind us. After his visit with Nicodemus at night, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I always found that interesting since it's Jesus speaking. He could have said that he gave me, God in the flesh. That whoever believes in me should not perish, but have eternal life. They're one and the same. The speaker is the Son of God who is preparing to offer himself up on the cross. For God not, did not send his Son into the world to condemn the the world, but in order that we, that the world might be saved through him. So it, it's, a, it's a beautiful love story. 1 John 3.16, John 3.16, and then I want to share 1 John 3.14, which is on the next slide. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Our third question today is, how do we show that love? We love the brothers and sisters around us. If they have a need, if they're in sorrow, if their head is bent down and they're weeping over a crisis in their life, we're obligated because we love them to do something out of love, something sacrificially. And I want to close our lesson today by the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5.44. And this is a hard one. This is the one that sticks in our crawl. How do we really show love? It's not just loving those people who are kind to us, 
but loving our enemies. Oh, that's hard. In Matthew 5, Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? It's easy to love people who love you, but do you love your enemies? Ah, that's true agape love, love without condition. Here's a summary today. We asked three questions about God's love. The first question was, how do you know it's true love when you see it? The agape love that God shows. We looked at 1 John 4, 7 through 8. We're born of God, and we know God. We have an intimate relationship and comprehend the love He's shown us. How is that love expressed? Question number two. Simply in what Jesus did for us by giving Himself up on the cross. Number three, how can we show true love, agape love? We, now being transformed and becoming the image of Christ and becoming His very nature, we, like Jesus, sacrifice for His glory, we share with others, and we have the capacity to even love our enemies. Well, a very quick overview of love. I hope you've enjoyed the lesson, and I uh, hope you can comprehend and understand how great God's love is. I would be amiss if I didn't offer an invitation at the end of this lesson. If you want to experience God's love, if you want to come to the Father and through the Son say, Lord, I'm, I'm not living the spiritual life I need to live. I want to repent. I want to, to rededicate my life to serving you. Maybe you're not a Christian and you need to obey the gospel today to have those sins washed away, to have his love, love through his own blood washed over you. We offer you that invitation today. We have a baptistry ready. So we're going to have this invitation song. Brian's going to lead us. We'll ask you to stand while we sing together. waiting to give you a place in his sanctified throne. Why not? Why not? Why not come to him now? Why not? Why not? Why not come to him Jesus, there's no other way but His way. Why not? Why not? Why not come to Him now? Why not? Why not? Why not come to Him now? Why do you? away. Your Savior is longing to bless you. There's danger and death in delay. Why not? Why not? Why not come to Him now? Why not? Why not? Why Again, we appreciate each of you being here this morning. Again, we'd like to invite each of you to be back tonight for our young men conducting the service at 5 p.m., followed by a fellowship meal at 6. Any other final announcements? Not our closing song will be Raining Me. <clears throat> Over all the earth you reign on high. Every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but my one request, Lord, my only aim is.
is that you reign in me again. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again over every thought, over every word. May my life reflect the beauty of my Lord, because you mean more to me than any earthly thing. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign in me again? So won't you reign in me again? Let's pray together. God, our Lord, our Father, we thank you so much, Lord. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the things that you bless us with, Father, on a daily basis. Uh, the ability, Father, that you have given us to uh, wake up, Father, in the morning, uh, to be able, Father, to, to get out of bed, Father, uh, to be able to, to go to uh, work, Father, to, to our different jobs, Father, to go to school. We thank you, Father, for our homes. We thank you, Lord, for all the abilities that you bless us with. We're so grateful, Father, for that love that you allowed us to see. That love, Father, that you have for us that plan, Lord, that you set in motion to send your Son. And Father, we pray that you'll help us um, when we're out in this world, Father, when we are making decisions, uh, when we, Father, are facing temptations, uh, that you'll help us to, to focus on your Son. Uh, to focus, Father, when we give in to that temptation, Father, that that's us, Father, picking up that hammer, picking up those nails, uh, and driving them in those hands. Father, we're so uh, grateful, and we can never thank you enough, because, uh, Lord, we know that punishment is for us. We're so thankful, Father, that you uh, bless us with uh, brothers and sisters, Father, who are here to help us, uh, that you uh, have given us time, Father, we can worship you uh, knowing that we struggle, uh, that we know, we, Father, that we need one another, that we are weak, uh, but Lord, uh, through you we can overcome. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us uh, to be your children to be able to uh, proclaim your word, uh, to not be ashamed, Father. Uh, we pray that you'll help us uh, this week to do something that uh, may be uncomfortable for us, Father, uh, but to help us realize that through that discomfort, Father, that can help us to grow, uh, that we can uh, be able, Father, to, to have uh, more abilities, uh, more gifts to, to serve you. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to constantly look to your word. That we are constantly, Father, studying. That we are constantly, Father, growing in faith. 
We again, Father, cannot express to you the, the love that you have for us, but we pray that you help us um, every day to, to take up that cross, uh, to make sacrifices, to spread your word. Just like, Father, you allowed Christ to do for us. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.